I love, I mean, I, I totally can relate to like you saying that about ADHD brain. I'm married to somebody with ADHD. I have a lot of family members who have ADHD and a lot of the conversations we have are um, really deep. And I found that a lot of people um, with a lot of, like, I can tell you're extremely intelligent, extremely um, passionate, a lot of people with that combination, like I've had conversations like this and it's like, you can talk for, we can talk for hours. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's why a podcast is so perfect for you. Um, it's awesome. And I think that it's a matter of like knowing that, you know, you don't have to, I just want you to know, you don't have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. <laughs> I like to, I'd like to be like Atlas. You like cool. to, but don't do like, I don't want you to feel that way. That's like the biggest thing I've seen with, um, with people who have that combination of gifts that you have. It's like the weight of the world's on my shoulders. And I feel like I have, if I'm not doing something today, then I'm wasting my time that I feel like if I'm not making a positive impact with every person that I meet, that I'm not being the best that I can be. And I'm going to put myself up to this impossibly high standard. And when I don't meet it, I'm going to feel bad and shitty about myself. So don't do that. Uh, when you experience being alone and what that is, I think Sierra was talking to me about it before, of like people like consider the shadows, the negative selves, the longest time I did when I was little. And then it was the only thing that was there. You know, you start to realize like, what's the biggest fear that you possibly have? Biggest fear is being alone as interesting. And as much as antisocial, I might be in my everyday life. I don't like to talk because I just waste it all in these conversations or not wasting, but I talk a lot. So it's like, I don't really want to talk when I'm outside of the podcast sometimes, but you start to realize that the, the fear of being in a crowd of people where no one knows your name no one even cares about you or no one even just considers that you're even there just ignores and worries about their own little world i get the own little world thing it's a nice little dream scenario of just worrying about what's in your own head because sometimes that's the hardest thing to battle but sometimes you know you can open up that and truly realize you're in the moment of things and realize what's around you the people around you the energy that's going on in the room and you start to realize there's more going on than just what's on in your own mind it's a, it's a pretty interesting thing. And that can take you out of some really dark pits at times. And I think that's important for a lot of people to know, you know, I get compliments for this thing, for sure. People messaging, I love the show. I don't like compliments because I have an ego issue. I notice that part about me when I get a compliment, I'm like, oh, you're got them all tricked, you know, but then I look up into the stars at night and I realize how minuscule I am in the grand scheme of things. I'm a speck on this little planet or in this giant solar system or universe. Even the biggest person that gets the crap, that's Trump, for example, the biggest celebrity or whatever you want to call that's just constantly in Twitter feed, good and bad, whatever you want to say. That's a basic spec. You don't even see him on the grand scale of everything. And I look at that like, what is this infinite amount of time in my life compared to the infinite amount of time that's out in the universe? It's nothing com in comparison, but everything to me that's happening in my life is everything. And you really start to examine the grand scale of why would you waste any of that energy just trying to be invested in making someone's life hell? These disputes between, you know, whatever exes and whatever you want to call relationship disputes. Does that matter in the grand scheme of things? That's all I could think about while watching Jersey Shore. I was like, this is like, it's everything to you because it's in this moment, but in the grand, in whatever amount of time that's in your life, that's everything, it's nothing. It's not, it's a, it's a glip. It's a little out. 
Yeah, I think we take life way too seriously. You know, I think we take everything too seriously. It's like, like you said, it's all like over in a matter of a second. Everything, all that we have in every moment is the moment that we're in. And it's something that, you know, once you start to see like the, like you said, the grand scheme of things, I remember the first spiritual, really spiritual experience I ever had was, you know, I was like five or six and I was in a car and I was looking out the window and I was like, I chose to be right here right now out of the whole planet, out of the whole universe, because I don't believe we're just the only beings that exist. It's like out of everything, I chose to be right here right now in this car driving to this place. And I would be like, I would find this like intense, like sense of joy, peace, and presence. Like it was like a God thing. And I remember the day I couldn't do it anymore because I told my dad, I was like, dad, do you ever feel like, you know, it's just so happy that you're here right now. And like, you get this feeling like this whole, and I explained it to him and I described it to him. He's like, you know, no, I never got that. And ever since I told him, like, it was hard for me to get back to that place. I couldn't do it after that. Isn't that interesting, right? It's like, I was experiencing these really like awakening moments and like these grand like moments as a five-year-old. And I told my dad, he's like, no, it never happens to me. And I'm like, oh, and I would try to do it again. And I couldn't get it. It's like logic, like logic came into my brain and stripped it of my amazing experience, spiritual experience. And then I couldn't do it anymore until I was older, but I never forgot that because it was like this amazing joy and happiness of like, wow, out of all the things I could be doing, this is what I chose to do in my, in my life. And this is where my soul decided to come. And at a five-year-old level, I didn't know what a soul was. I didn't know what a spiritual experience was. I didn't know what God was really. It was just like a like experience and I'll never forget. And so it's kind of, that's what reminds me. That's what it reminds me of when you say that, like, I'm a speck. It's like, yeah, like imagine that we're just like exactly where we're supposed to be. We're experiencing exactly what we chose to experience before we came onto this planet, before we came into this world. And it's all happening for a reason. You know, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe that. We're just like, everything's chaos and that we have no, no universal love, or we don't have this connection to other people. I believe like we're, um, you know, at, at a soul level, we're all family. We all, we all know each other. Like everybody you run into, you know, them on a soul level. And that's why they're showing up in your current reality. Um, and you all had this agreement before you came that, okay, you're going to do this to me and I'm going to do this to you. And this is the karma that we're going to clear. This is the karma I'm going to make for myself. And um, we have a choice of how we react in every situation. Do we continually add to our karma, which is not a great thing? Or do we continually clear it by showing up as our higher level self, as that soul-led self that's inside of us? So that's the way I've decided to and chosen to look at life. Because if I look at it from a different perspective, it's really depressing. Yeah, that's, that was an interesting <laughs> little story. Thanks. Yeah. You thought of that, that when you were, when you look at back at your five-year-old self. Yes. Yes. Huh. We all have, I think moments that are just like, wow, I'll never forget that. Um, like a little God moment. I do believe. I have a little, uh, hobby. What I do to relax is I like to drive by all the places I used to live in. Cause every single memory that everyone's like, I hated that house. Cause it was the worst memory of my life. And I'm like, that was one of my best. I was one of like where in my world, everything was okay. You know, that's, you start to look at it from that. I mean, if you can truly understand through the eyes of someone else, which no one can understand through your own eyes. Like, I don't know what's going on in your head, what your demons are like, and you can't understand what mine are like, but 
doesn't mean we can't have the basis of trying to. And I think that's like the main importance. And Casey, you've given me enough of your time. We've been talking for almost an hour and a half. Is there a place where people can find you specifically? Yes. Yes. So my website is caseybaron.com. That's K-A-C-Y-B-A-R-R-O-N.com. I'm on Instagram. You can find me at casey.baron and I have a free Facebook group. I would love people to join. It's called High Vibe money manifestation. If you want to come learn manifestation and spiritual tools, come join me there. Um, I love doing, I love channeling in there. I love helping people in there. So come join the tribe. If you're feeling called to, I would love to have you. Thanks Robbie. I'll make sure I link it all in the description. Thanks for listening to this episode out of the blank podcast. You are now listening to out of the blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Casey. Hey. Am I saying that right? Right. There's no special pronunciation to it. Perfect. Perfect. If Casey I called Barron. You, if I yes. called you the wrong name the whole entire time, it would be a horrible way for the show to go. I would correct you, but yes. <laughs> well, why don't you um, introduce yourself to everyone listening and let us know a little bit about yourself. Awesome. I am a psychic medium and business coach. I run my own online business. I coach one-to-one. I do classes, workshops on spiritual gifts, on manifestation, on energetics. And I am a previous healthcare worker. I am a speech language pathologist by degree. And I really started my entrepreneurial journey when I just felt very lost and just not excited about where my life was headed as far as my career went. And I felt like I needed to make a choice of, you know, am I going to keep going the way I'm going or am I going to totally switch it up, start a business? And here I am today. That was about two years ago. And I've done a lot in my entrepreneurial career, but right now I'm really loving the spirituality coaching, helping people with their spiritual gifts, helping people make decisions that are aligned with their soul mission, that are aligned with who they are and just supporting them in that, helping that become their reality. Well, most people, when they take an entrepreneurial journey, they usually like sourdough bread's a good one to get into, but you decided to hit the spirit. Why did, why the spirit one of all things? It's like, did you notice you had a gift for like, there are times like I just talk about for a while. I think everybody has this identity crisis that's going on of what they want to become. I think that leads to a lot of the depressional issues. And I think that's just an aspect of like what we deem successful is kind of what we see on social media or what we see is like money, for instance, I would love to have a billion dollars. But then when you ask one what they would do with a billion dollars, it's not necessarily the things that it's more of objective. It's more materialistic. You know, I want a fancy car. I want a I want to be able to never struggle. I think that's the main goal of what being successful is. But through my I mean, probably a couple months of like awakening a little bit. I see successful. You could probably range it off the basis of just waking up out of bed. I mean, looking in the mirror and being happy with the person that you see, because most of the world is probably, and this is a generalization, isn't very happy with what they see in the mirror, mostly because they feel like they're not at the spot they should be. Yeah, they feel disconnected for sure. Um, it's interesting that you say that because I was thinking that 
you know, yesterday I was looking at my Instagram, my Instagram's gone through many different um, phases of my life. You know, it's, I really started working it with my first entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial business, which was for healthcare professionals. And I was looking at the videos because I actually have archived most of my posts that no longer, I no longer do. So people don't get confused because I still get people thinking I'm doing that work with healthcare. And so I archive a lot of them, but I hadn't archived my IGTV, which is like the video. Um, And I was looking at it and I was like, who is that person? I was like, wow, you, sometimes you have to like literally look at your face like over a period of time to see your growth. And I was just like looking in my eyes. I was like, I was so unhappy. Like I was so unhappy. And then to see my recent products, my, my recent videos and my recent pictures, I'm like, wow, that's a transformation. And so we're always evolving. We're always transforming. Hopefully we're transforming and evolving into a more positive, happy, joyful, fulfilled direction. But that's not to say that I don't have my own demons, so to speak, come up in this journey too. It definitely is a roller coaster. Um, it's, and our life is supposed to be like that. It's not supposed to be easy. Like you're saying, it's not supposed to be like we wake up with a billion dollars and just like get to live out our life, like in luxury and then, you know, with chauffeurs and with fancy cars and all those things. It's like our soul came here to grow. So we're going to be put through challenges that our soul has actually chosen to experience. And we're just like along for the ride, if that makes sense. So, but hopefully the more you grow, the more you expand, the more you get in touch with your soul, the more joy you actually experience, even when shit hits the fan, you're still in a better place than when you were before the shit was hitting the fan, because it's like, oh, I have so much more insight. I have so many more tools now that I'm understanding how I got to be here and how I can work through this. Well, like if you would ask me, what would, uh, what would be a definition of success or what would be a definition of what I would want out of just getting out of high school about five, six years ago. And that was like, I, well, I want to make sure I never have to struggle, but I want to make sure I have so much money. I have an infinity pool is my measure of success. If you own one of those, you're probably pretty successful, but like the fact of growth, I mean, my podcast is just conversation. So I'm hoping I'm never really thinking around the same basis of a lot of things. I mean, I learn something new every single day. That's what you should strive to do. When I listen to the first episode compared to where I'm at now, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but it's just interesting to be like, well, I thought this, and then you see what gets up, like what, what got me upset when I was 50? 15 years old compared to what gets me upset now. Most of the things that get me upset now, I think are rational things to be upset about, which is the concept of things that I can't control. And people go, well, you should not worry about things you can't control. Well, things I worry about is the fact that we're living in an industry, we're stuck in a system that's making people depressed. You know, we disguise ourselves as a mental health nation. I think the world disguises itself as a mental health place. It's not really though, you know, you can toss up billions of dollars at it, which they do. And that's what probably triggers me the most is that no one watches where their money goes. I mean, I am no way rich, but I have a good amount of money, but I still know where every cent goes. I know what bills I'm paying. I know what I'm budgeting. I know what I'm paying for groceries when it comes to gas in my car, electricity bill. But you toss a couple billion dollars expecting something to happen, and then it doesn't happen. And it's like, well, we gave money to it. Well, find out where it went. You know, these are things that I get worried about. We're living in a nation where it's not exactly 
easy to live. And I want to know what the steps are to fixing that, because I think the core principle isn't worrying about how we can all just get along. I think the core principle is being happy with yourself, which is going to in soon reflect with the people around you. You know, we're all energy, in my opinion, I think on the basis of that one person's energy can affect another person's energy. If I come into this conversation and I'm like, I wore a little bit of white into my shirt with a little bit of black to show that like, I'm not strongly trying to get you to open, but at the same time, I'm here to listen. A concept of color therapy, whites bring out like a more calming and peaceful thing compared to black and reds. Reds usually are littered throughout like an Applebee's or a Chili's because the concept of like, they make you hungry or make you angry, depending on how it goes. It's very interesting to see how people's brains and how people's kind of mind in a way work, because once you can truly understand your own, you can start to understand someone else's as well too. It's all a perspective. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel that, you know, the best thing we can do in a society where a lot of people are missing the mark, like you're saying, like, you know, the drugs for people who are depressed don't always work. The drugs for people with anxiety aren't always working. That's where I love what I do. I really get to help people fill in the missing gap of their addressing their brain with their therapist or with, um, some people do need medications, right. And that's totally fine. They're addressing those things with their therapist or their doctor, but then they're also like, well, I'm still not fulfilled. I still don't feel like I'm on the track I want. I still don't feel like I have enough money. I'm not safe. I'm not secure. And you'd be surprised. I mean, there's the money mindset problems or the money scarcity problems don't go away the more money you have. So like, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with people who are seven figure earners, who are amazing entrepreneurs, who are getting these contracts and charging $30,000 a month for them. Um, I love working with these clients of mine, but they're still having this issue of like, Casey, what if there's not enough money next month to afford how we live? What if there's not enough to sustain what we're doing? Like, how do I know that every month there's going to be enough money to survive? Um, and they're still like struggling with things like self-worth and value and, you know, all the things. So it's to say that money doesn't really fix our problems, even if we were given a billion dollars, because we're going to carry through that, that mindset that we had when we had nothing into that space, unless we start to address the real inner work or the real, um, like, what do you want? Like, what are your desires and not just the things that you're responding to out of trauma that you think you want, but like, what do you actually want? Like as a, a spiritual being and the more we heal ourselves, like that's what we're here to do. We're really not here to heal other people. We're really here, here to heal ourselves. And then our own healing, our own energy, that's now clearer is able to support others much better. And we're better, we're better listeners. We're better at being compassionate. We're better um, at feeling how people are feeling. I always, I was doing a psychic reading the other day and before the call, I started to cry. And I was like, why am I so sad? Why am I so sad? I don't understand. I was like crying. I was like, oh my gosh, nothing is working. I'm fa- I'm a failure. I'm so frustrated. I don't know what to do. I jump on the call and all of a sudden spirit's like, it was her she, you felt what she was feeling. And I was like, have you been crying today? And she's like, how did you know? (laughs) I was like, because I, because of the energy clearing I've done, I can now pick up on things. Spirit's basically telling me this is how she's feeling. Now you can, I can be more compassionate. I was able to show up and be more compassionate and empathetic because I know exactly what she's feeling. Right. So all that to say, that's part of the interesting psychic mediumship gifts that we all can develop, but it does take our own healing and our own awareness in order to even decipher, you know, 
how can I help this person? What do they need to hear in this moment to just help them, whether it's, you know, feel a little bit higher vibration, which is like joy, happiness, peace, calm, or are they needing just somebody to like, listen to them, right? Are they just needing to vent? Are they just needing to release some of this energy that's locked up inside? They haven't been able to talk to people about. So yeah, it's interesting. It's like work on yourself and then we're able to help others. Well, the mind's, in my opinion, the mind's capacity to understand or sense the power of intent or energy, I would say, is kind of hindered only on the concept of how many people do you say one thing as a joke or you say something and they take it literally like, did you mean this? And it's like, what are you? And it's, and this is what I love about the world, but I hate about it at the same time. There's so many perspectives to try and understand where I'm trying to unravel how a per like I'm not mad at giant corporations as I used to be because I understand the perspective. The world has gotten to the place that it's gotten into on the concept of it's never cared about the future generations that are coming up after it. And that's not a millennial type thing. That's not a, a boomer type thing. That's not any of these concepts. It's the fact that you only care about the people that you know. If I gave you the or the most common person cares about the, only the people that they know, if I offered you a billion dollars to protect your whole entire family and to make your life a thousand times better, you're going to accept it. But if someone says, what happens? Well, 100 years from now, this is going to mess up their lives. You're not really going to care on the concept of it's going to affect and change your life right now. And you don't know those people that haven't existed yet. You know, it's an it's it's now just a speculation. It's a created reality that's not even fabricated yet. So you're not going to care. It's how you can rationalize McDonald's. It's how you can rationalize Amazon's. How you can rationalize this. It's all a money game. His money is corrupting. You know, me and Sierra talked about it. That's how we met. Um, we talked about if money wasn't green, would you spend it less? Everything in society is brainwashed. You green means go. Green means yes. Every other country where their color of their money is a little bit of a different color, they care about it a little bit differently than we do. And that's just the concept of industry, all these types of things. But the biggest fear, which I want to ask you what yours is, but my biggest fear is it being in a crowd of people and not recognizing anybody or not knowing anybody's name or nobody knowing who I am. And that's a concept of being disconnected from the people that are around you. I believe conversation is a key to unlocking many different things. You can open up a doorway into success. You can also open up a doorway to understand as well, too. The concept of the world is um, this happened recently with guns. You know, people want background checks for guns. People want all these concepts of things for guns. It shouldn't be a person. I've always said when it comes to a background check, it should just be a mental health check. And then some person said, well, every person shouldn't be a psychiatrist. No, but if you own a gun store and somebody walks in wanting a gun, you can quickly tell just with rationale and observations that this person might be going through something if they look like they're about to buy a gun to do the worst thing that they can possibly do, which is take their own life. You know, when someone comes in the store, it's not your job to say, how are you doing? But it also shouldn't be looked at in the manner of it's a job to ask how someone's day going. I mean, if you walk into a store and say, hey, how's it going? Usually when someone says it's going good, they're still walking. That is what I call false communication. I'd rather not have that. I'd rather have no talking at all if it's going to be like that. Because all you're doing is saying, I want to be respectful. I want to have my manners, but also I don't give a shit. It's just best not to even raise the question. If you really aren't going to take the time take whatever it is to ask someone how their day is going and expect that return. There are plenty of times in my job I say, good morning. Someone says, good morning. How are you doing? 
said, I'm doing good. How about yourself? How many times do you just want to say, I'm not doing good at all, but you just know that this is just how the conversation goes. This is the structure of yes. how we've always done this. It's not real. It's yeah. fabricated by whatever we would consider of this is how the template of society goes. And I just think that's a little bit of a mistake. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, we know that a lot of people are just asking us how we are because they want something out of us, right? We, they want to either our attention or they want to tell us something sometimes that we don't even, we're not interested in. They want to. So it's like there, sometimes when people are asking like, how are you? There's actually like a kind of a manipulation behind the scenes that's happening. So like, I speak from this, from the business world of like, you know, a lot of people with online businesses, and this is what I'm trained in because like I'm an online business. So I know what they're doing. It's like, they'll be like, Hey, how are you? And I've done this as well to try to get to know people, but sometimes I can feel energetically. They're just like, well, I just want to start this conversation so I can see if she's a good fit for what I'm selling today. Instead of like a genuine, um, like wanting to know me, if that makes sense. So it's just a matter of, you know, what is our intent? And it's interesting because the world is going to give us exactly what we're giving it. So like the world, I always say is like your mirror. So if you're feeling like um, angry today, then you're going to bump into a lot of angry people. If you're feeling happy and loving today, you're going to bump into more happy and loving people because your energy is actually going to be magnetizing the same frequency and it's going to be repelling other kinds of frequencies. So a lot of times um, you are what you experience or what you experience is what you are. So it's interesting um, to, to have that. Cause I've, I've literally had this question so many times where people are like, Hey, like, do you get a lot of flack for being a psychic medium on Instagram and on Facebook? And do people like, look at you like you're crazy and like act like, um, maybe are rude to you. And I said, no, actually I haven't really, maybe like a few times, like I could tell, but I haven't had like a troll or I haven't had like somebody super pissed at me. I haven't had a terrible reading where they're like, I want my money back because that's not the energy that I am emitting. So I'm not available, energetically available for that to happen to me. Cause I've literally put up a boundary where, Hey, I'm high vibration. Most of the time that we can't be all the time, but I love to be in that high vibrational space when I'm doing my business. So when people are talking to me, I get people who are also on that type of frequency, or maybe just a little bit below or a little bit above. So it's kind of like we get to choose the interactions we're having and what we engage in, what we don't engage in. And when somebody's fake, I just choose not to engage with it. You know what I mean? I'm just like, you know, I'll be polite because I, I believe in karma and I don't want to be a, a bitch to them and then have somebody tomorrow be a bitch to me because that's what I created. But it's like, I'm also in control. There is a level of, we have a choice. It's not even control. It's like, we have a choice to show up a certain way. And like, we have to trust that we're going to be given opportunities to always grow. And if every time we run into an angry person or an impolite or rude person, it's like, Oh, I need that to like, remind me to check my own stuff, to check my own energy, to become more aware of what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, because that's what I'm creating as my reality. And the money stuff, it's really like an illusion, right? It is like, it's an illusion. And that's what you're kind of tapping into. It's like, you know, money's just this object. And it's like, people are obsessed with it. They're obsessed with it. They're obsessed with the external gains of success, right? Of having the fancy car, of having the nice house and um, being a former Dave Ramsey follower and paying off all my debt, you know, following every single dollar I was spending. It really was a good lesson in 
you know, where was I being materialistic? Where was I feeling like I was getting value out of materialistic 3D kind of superficial things? Um, that's not to say that we don't deserve nice things or we don't deserve money or to feel abundant or to feel wealthy or to have wealth. It's just a matter of like, what's the energy around our desire to have it? How do you sense out, like, how do you know I'm not full of shit? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I could, that is a really good how question. Many, I could have tricked myself into thinking that I think the way that I think, but I actually don't. The reason I asked this is because I had someone a while back and it happens multiple times. And I think just on the basis of understanding through my episodes, you could tell I'm not like a racist or anything, but I have people say, you just have white guests on. I'm like, if you look far enough back instead of just five episodes or something, you could tell I'm not, but I, someone messaged me when I told them about that, they go, no, you sense vibrations, you sense frequencies, you know what, you know, off the basis, I message a page, I usually don't get to see a person's face like yourself when I message them on like not Facebook, but when it's on Twitter or something, I'm messaging a podcasting page, I'm message messaging an archaeologist page, I'm messaging something, and I never know what my guest looks like until they get in. But people want to base a claim or a judgment off of who you are as a person by the basis of what they've seen in a result rather than looking into the content of what it is. How many people say the things that they actually mean? Every single business that changed their flag or changed their profile picture to a rainbow, all because Chick-fil-A was getting scrutiny for whatever they were against transgender rights or something like that. Every business was just trying to be like, we support you, buy our DVD player. How do you know what the, yeah, but how do you know what's real? Because there are some people out there that say they stand for a certain thing, but I would not be able to tell they stand for that if they didn't make a post about it, because every single thing that they have in their bio is a picture of a fucking book or is a picture of something of their content or something where I'm like, how do I know it's you? How do I know you? Like when people, this is what gets me people in their profile names, uh, they'll say their name and then they'll say is standing for. And then they say their last name, but they put that in quotations so they know that they're like an activist. And I'm like, all right, click on the profile. I look through. None of that is in anything that is a retweet or a tweet about that certain thing. They just have it in their name. And I'm like, I'm glad you have it in your name because based on everything that you post, I wouldn't be able to tell what the fuck you're talking about. Hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of. um Manipulation, again, it kind of comes back to manipulation. People are trying to ma manipulate how you view them by putting a certain handle or by posting a certain post or by putting a different picture on. And it's like, what happened? How do people get there? And like, why do they do that? I think they're doing that online um, because they also do that in real life, right? You, you talk to some person and in one circle, they'll say one thing and then they'll go to a different circle and they'll say a totally different thing because they want to be fit in. They want to be one of the herd. They want to be accepted because we all have as humans this really strong desire to be accepted and to be liked, right? So it's like kind of goes back. I think people pleasing is a really generic slash vague term. But it, if you want to call it that, you can. It's like this desire to be accepted and to belong to something. So people are attaching themselves to a certain type of brand or a certain type of field or belief, or um, it can be anything. And it's you, you can look at it. That's how nationalism works, right? That's how religion works. That's how so many things in our society work. But at the end of the day, 
we're all very similar. We're all, we're all real. It's just that people are layering a lot of stuff on top. And so what I like to do is like, okay, I don't even care about like the stuff on top. I don't, I don't care. Like, I want to know, like the real person is sitting across from me. And by do, by um, using our energy, by using our intuition and by using, like, if you call it psychic or psychic skills, you can actually get to the real person. The funny thing is, it's like, I like to tap into their soul. It's not even the person at that point. So everybody has a beautiful soul. It's not, you know, everybody has divinity inside of them. So it's like tapping into that is what I enjoy. And you can call that like seeing the best in people, I guess, but it's really just a matter of like, that is who we all are. And if I can tap into that, then I'm going to have an awesome exchange and awesome experience with that person. Cause I'm not going to be caring that much about what's going up up here or that they're projecting outside of themselves. I'm more concerned about what, Hey, what's going on with their soul? Is their soul like miserable right now because they're doing something they are not aligned with? Or is their soul like, I'm excited. I'm happy. Like everything's going the way I want it to go. So it's kind of like tapping into that energy space. Does that make sense? Yeah. I related to being in a relationship and for the first six months, maybe you live with somebody, you decide that I'm not going to be the person I actually am. I'm going to be the cleanest and most awesome person possible. <laughs> and then after six months, you realize the person's like, oh my God, you were, what, what was that the whole time? Well, I well, now that we're comfortable around each other, yeah. I can be the real me. It's like, <laughs> that's kind of what it is around the world. People are afraid to be who they actually are, say what they actually feel on the basis of it might be wrong or it might be this, or it might be taken a certain way. I've had many podcasts where people go, maybe I don't want that up there. I don't want them to feel like I hate woke culture. And I'm like, but you're saying how you feel because it's nothing's the core of what it's supposed to be anymore. Woke was supposed to be a thing of pointing out all these horrible ideologies that have been flooding through our system. And then it's gotten to a point where if somebody even if you do the OK symbol, that's known as white supremacy. And I'm like, I don't think that's what that means. I think the fact it's just how we've said OK for so long. And then now suddenly it's all changed. But people go, no, 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 you're a horrible person. You need to burn. You need to lose your business. I'm like, oh, my God, like this is not what was intended. I heard um, so, uh, a doctor that was on a Joe Rogan podcast talking about uh, he was researching psychedelics and he was talking about the Native Americans using peyote. Peyote takes like 15 years or something to grow. So it's a long time, but he was talking about, I don't want to use peyote because I think it should be strictly for the native American peoples. It's their drug. I'm like, but isn't a point of a plant, just like marijuana is supposed to be something that we should all be experiencing, especially something with psychedelic properties that would change the way you think. I've gotten to so many conversations with people that have taken psychedelics that are like, you start to realize it tears down the fabrics of the walls of the reality that you have built up in your own head. The things that we're afraid to do, the things of like, oh, I don't look like this or I don't look like this, tears all that around and sees that there is nothing, sees that you've built all of this up and you're actually focusing on it more than what you should do. And that is your soul, the energy that you have inside of your body that realizes of, am I a good person? Am I a bad person? I can look at someone and tell that they have a good energy to them, not just because they might look like a Brad Pitt or a Jennifer Aniston. No, it's because I can tell that you don't have hatred in your eyes. It is something that is seen, which I now I'm starting to do when I look at profile pictures. I'm like, do they have what they call the crazy eyes? And it's not just about being a psychopath. Guys have it too. It's a sense of like, I, I don't, I just want to look and find a flaw in you that I can uh, and, and inflate. That's how people think now. How can I gain something off of this person it's control and power external power yeah they want everybody's fighting for external power and that looks like 
fighting for money, fighting for fame, fighting for um, superiority or superiority complex or look at me, I'm so much better than you. Um, Yeah, like that's how people are operating because they haven't done a lot of inner work. They haven't healed a lot of the things that are creating that reaction, that are creating that state to always have to feel that way. And it's exhausting feeling that way. Like I just have pity for people now who are doing that. I'm just like, that sucks. Um, and you know, I still catch it in myself. I'm like, how am I, how am I trying to accumulate, um, power in the situation, whether it's in a relationship or with my parents or with my siblings or with my husband or whatnot, how am I trying to, am I trying to do this? Am I following into an old pattern that I have, you know, been aware of in the past and now it's creeping back up, but only with a different color, you know, a different shade, a different conversation, a different way of doing it. Um, you know, and in dating, I feel like manipulation, you brought up dating and there's a lot of manipulation that's taking place. And I was listening to this video recently and the guy said it was Werner Earhart. Um, he was talking about relationships and he's like, most people should not be in relationships. They should just be, um, having recreation with other people. He's like, most people are not ready for a relationship. And I thought that was so funny because he's I'm like, yeah, it really actually taps into a lot of us are looking for recreation with another person, whether that's sex, whether that's a fun trip, whether that's um, dinner with somebody, whether that's going to a bar and dancing or having a drink. That's what we're actually a lot of people are actually seeking. And they're not really able to have authentic relationships because they don't even know who they who they are as a person themselves. Well, how many people invest their time into something of destroying another person rather than investing time in building themselves? Mm. Yeah, because they believe that's how they get power, right? That they believe that that's the easiest way. Well, the root way to success is in two ways. One of doing it the right way, which is probably the slowest way to process, which is just doing whatever content you want to create. And there's another way, which is talking shit on someone to be able to get up there because everyone loves an argument. When you see the Jersey Shore, it is entertaining as hell. I love it. (laughs) I've watched, I just, I just spent the other night just watching the whole entire, like how it is now where it's like, they're sipping wine and now they have kids and they're all grown. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just terrible to watch. But you start to realize something when it comes to the concept of these people are doing half of this stuff. It's starting to be like a reality show that you're starting to see now. People are acting like you would when you see on film when it comes to the idea of like, I can't believe that they did this. And then this is how she's thinking. It's like you're creating your own story in your head. It's like I work at a gym. There's a guy there with no legs. He has metal legs. And I've made it in my head. And I've known this guy for a couple of years now that he has lost it in the war because I saw him one time wear a camo hat. And I was like, that's what he's a veteran. That's how he lost his legs. I finally asked him, I was like, dude, I've known you for so long. I got to ask, man, what, how did, what happened with your legs? He goes, oh, I actually uh, lost them because of diabetes. And I was like, dude, I just, I created a story in my head for four years now of how like you, you saved a bunch of people in an explosion and all this. And he goes, no, nah, man, it was diabetes. Actually, I, I'm a, he's actually an athlete in the special Olympics, like with the handicap ability. He's actually pretty good. Um, but I was, I created this whole fabricated reality in my head. That wasn't true. How many people do that on the basis of this is how this person means when they text, this is how this person means when they say this, this is how this person means when they comment this or make a post about social media, you make it so much. You start to realize if you take a step back, you're making yourself upset. 
You know, that's the craziest thing. It turns out the true enemy is that we're all facing is the enemy with inside of ourselves, the one we're not happy with, but the one that we try and project on this is what this person says and this is what this person means rather than looking and asking them, is this what you meant? No, 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 no. You took that the wrong way. No one wants to do that. They want to jump to something and try and squash out the flame because they see it as a roadblock into their life of success. Yeah. Yeah. We have stories that we tell ourselves. Um, and it's like, well, what was me? Or it's a, oh, look how much better I'm doing. I'm so much more successful or stories about other people, stories about our parents. Well, um, you know, my mom did this because of this, or my dad did this because of this. And the bottom line is though, that it actually doesn't matter. So like, even if you're right, like you still have to, you still have to heal that part of yourself. And then if you're wrong, you still have to heal that part of yourself. It really doesn't matter why or what people think or what they did, because it's like, it's all their personality. It's all their ego. It's not the fundamental of who they actually are. So it's, it's always like, what's the essence of that person? What is the the light inside of them that's been dimmed or that they're dimming down themselves or that they're not allowing to be expressed um, and bringing that out of them. Right. And how do we bring that? How do we bring the good out of people? How do we bring the happiness out of people and the joy is by, again, working on yourself, being joyful yourself, being loving yourself, showing compassion, showing empathy. And that's how you have exchanges with people who may like have very different views of you. So like, I'll give you an example. I went to a salon and it's in a really, really rural area of Georgia. And so I'm, um, you know, my own political beliefs, I grew up very liberal. I have a lot of liberal um, ideologies. I, I, you know, that's what I, I vote for Democrats. You know, that's just who I am as a, as a person in our society of America right today. So I um, was at this salon and these people are not my, they don't align with my political beliefs. So like, they have a Trump sign in the front of the salon. They have all these people coming in, how they're talking about how, you know, uh, Trump should have won the election, that if he was robbed, that um, the vaccine is going to kill people. This is literally their conversations, right? And I'm sitting there, obviously, I don't agree with some of their ideas or their beliefs, but I'm just sitting there and I'm not about to create an argument and I'm not about to storm out of there. I was like, this is like a test. I'm like, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to observe. I'm going to observe. And I'm going to try not to judge them. I'm going to try not to have that superiority complex of like, I'm right and they're wrong kind of bullshit. Right. So I sat there and I was just listening and I was like, okay. And you know, after you're quiet for a while, people start to assume you don't agree with them. Do you know what I mean? And so <laughs> they obviously, they obviously look at me after a while. Cause they're all having like six people are having this conversation and they look at me after a while and they're just like, you're just so like calm Casey. And she kept saying that. And I was telling her how I, I basically do life coaching because that's all I can really tell people so they can understand what I do, even though I don't really identify as a life coach per se. It's not my title, but it's that what's up. That's what they understand. So I'm like, you know, I do life coaching and this is, and she's like, oh my gosh, she's like, maybe I need some of that. She's like, you're just so calm and just so collected. I'm just like, cause inside yeah. of your head, you're like losing your shit. That's what I, when I hear the political stuff, I'm so happy I don't have a dog invested into that fight because you have parts on both sides. I mean, nobody's wrong. I'm not happy with the president we have now, but I also didn't vote. I didn't want to vote when they say, well, pick the one that's going to be the less cause to the country. I'm like, I don't want to do that at all. I don't just don't, I don't even <laughs> want to answer up or step up to the question. At this point, people can say vaccines help. 
Well, we both know Sierra. She had a bad reaction to it. I mean, I know plenty of people that are worried about it. I'm not even invested in it. I don't like it that they're Biden's doing a thing where they come to your doorstep to ask about the vaccine. I don't even like a Jehovah's Witness coming to my door talking about Christ. I don't want you coming to ask about a shot. I don't know. And that's the funny part about it is as long as you can understand the other person's perspective, if you choose to shut down an argument, if you choose to say, I'm not going to this because they're a Trump fan, or I'm not going to this because they're a Biden supporter, who gives a shit? When it comes down to the basic core elements, I look at my issues with the government is comes from a system or a constitution that makes it where you got to everything's got to be a pay to play system. If you got the money to spend, you're going to succeed. You're going to get something. And how do you get money? Well, you got to fuck over the person beside you. Well, I don't consider that something I'm interested in doing. You know, we only create issues and then everyone goes, well, there's this issue, but guess what? They solved it with this. I'm like, well, they created the issue in the first place. You never had to worry about your Wi-Fi not working until they invented Wi-Fi in the first place. It's a problem that was created ended up fixing its own issue. And then there's always going to be problems littered down the road. The issue is that we're in a system where it's not meant for you to try and break out of the number little peg that you're in. You're a cog in a machine. I don't know. It sounds so anti-government. I'm not. I think the government's doing pretty fucking well for a couple of hundred years old, but there's some core issues that we're not fixing. And that's the fact that nobody wants to talk to each other because everything's going to lead into a fight. That's the easiest right. thing. So to- polarized. Yeah. And I think that's where you're going with a lot of the conversation. It's like, it's, it's, we live in a very polarized society. It's like you either are doing it this way or you're doing it this way. Right. And it's like, yes and no. I think that there's also like shades of gray, of course, but I believe that we're all, I really do believe people are doing the best they can. I like to believe that they're doing the best they can with what they have. I hope not. I hope this isn't the best we can do. That's terrible. (laughs) Is it though? I mean, they're doing the best they can with what they have. So like with the strategies, with the, with the tools that they have at their disposal, that's with the resources they have at their disposal. It's almost as if we have to look at it from a perspective of, not getting sucked in, not getting sucked in. How can I be an observer of this phenomena? How can I be a, a positive, calming presence in a society where it's basically insane, where it's basically insane. And we don't know the best scenario. I don't, I don't pretend to know the best solution to our political issues. I don't pretend to know the best solution for discrimination and racism. I believe that you know, we have to heal again. If we could just work on ourselves, that's where the racism would actually dissipate. That's where the poverty would actually dissipate. That's where those things would actually be resolved is if we could look at our traumas, look at what's um, bothering us, looking at our own healing, that's actually going to be a more better solution than somebody else stepping into power and just being like, well, I'm right and you're wrong. How many people have you walked into in your everyday life or just maybe in the past month or so that actually come out and say some racist shit that you don't stand for? Oh, I mean, yes, of course. That happens. It happens. I don't. Well, I'm asking for a number because I haven't came across that at all. And I just look at it like I think it's a lot like the Spotify deal with Joe Rogan, where people say Spotify employees are mad at Joe Rogan. And then there's been people that have commented saying it's a very small, very loud vocal minority that is making these uprises of things that he does. And I start to look at it like I don't come across racism in my everyday life. I mean, 
not because I'm just white. I work, I'm a minority in my area. So I'm like, I don't come across like the whole like back teetering and everything. And I start to realize maybe it's just, that's everything that gets politicized on the news too. I know plenty of people that don't experience racism of a different ethnicity. And I look at it like, I don't have hatred in my heart. Who are these people that have hatred in their heart? I don't, every, the way that they distort it is like the whole world is racist. And I'm like, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I give rides to people all the time, no matter what their ethnicity is. If you need a ride, you get it. It's people being, it's people who care about other people. I just started to look at it. Like, I think the world focuses on that. Like we have a tornado. I'm going to put quotations in that right now. Elsa, whatever it's called. I asked my buddy in Florida because I was seeing pictures of trees flying through windows and stuff. And I was like, hey, man, I know you're out in Florida. Are you OK? Because it's sunny as shit here. I'm like, how much is it, is it the news? I haven't really came across anybody that's wearing like a KKK hoodie and running around the town doing all this type of stuff. I don't know if that's just my area, but I know people in Kentucky and Alabama that say the same thing. Like there's none of that shit here. It's just about care about yourself, worry about getting toilet paper. And if I'm going to get my next Wendy's meal, that's kind of the issue here. Yeah. And I guess it just depends on like the conversations you're having with people, right? It's like, I've had conversations where a lot of things were said that I don't talk to those people anymore. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't, it was really rude things. And um, I, you know, racist things. And so I have experienced a lot of different racism as even a white woman, um, not being racist against me. I'm just saying against black people and minorities, right? I, I have heard a lot of discussions and I guess that's just um, my personal experience. Um, like at that salon, they were definitely talking about Mexicans, um, and how Mexicans are, should stay in Mexico and they're taking all of our jobs and those kinds of things. And I'm Mexican. So I'm just like, oh my God. Um, so I think like a South Park episode, they're taking all our jobs. Yeah. I'm telling you, it was an alternate reality. I walked into, I, it literally was like, I walked into a different dimension. I was like, holy shit. True racism Um, or true slavery in my aspect is what we're the Nestle companies and all these people are doing in other countries because it's cheap labor. You know, this was big trending on Twitter. Um, a lot of people don't know how dark the actually Nestle, Nestle, whatever you want to call it, road goes. You know, they work in horrible conditions, working for very, very low wages, and they get in trouble all the time, but that just gets passed through our constitution. That's stuff you need to fix. That's stuff where they go to Supreme Court over a lawsuit of over $4.3 billion to the Nestle company, but the Supreme Court's like, I don't see anything wrong here and pass it because they can toss enough money at it. True discrimination is stuff that doesn't really happen a whole lot here, maybe on aspects of social media, but how many people say something on social media and it's a picture of an egg as their profile picture and their name isn't a name. It's just something that they're too afraid to say because they know they don't actually mean that they're trying to get a rise out of people, you know? Yeah. And it's sometimes I think like, like you said, like people are always looking for power. So like they will use their beliefs as a way of accessing power, whether that's to feel like they belong or to feel like they um, have more control over a situation. And so, but yeah, most people who probably were in contact with don't have those, those beliefs. Cause that's actually a really, 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 really low vibration. So it's not very common that I'm with in that energy because again, that's not what I'm emitting so, and, and same with you, if you're not emitting that energy, you're not going to pull it out of people. You're not going to hear about it a lot. However, like, you know, there are people who they're going to, even if you're in a high vibration, they're going to maybe experience things that because of their skin color, because of their ethnicity or their religion or their whatever, 
they're going to experience hate or they can feel the energy, right? So everybody can feel energy. So I imagine that if I had maybe a different color skin, I would feel different energies from different people. And I would not, and I have no way of knowing that as a white woman, how that compares, because I can't put myself in that situation. So it's just, you know, I think that I can relate to, you know, a lot of the frustration about, um, you know, I, as a white person, I don't have, you know, I don't treat people poorly and it sucks to be white when there's a lot of white people (laughs) who are doing these things. It's like, I don't want to be classified with them. I don't want to be in that group or known as that group, but it's like, and that's kind of what sucks. But I also know that I can have a positive influence or I hope I had to have a positive influence or positive impact with people when I can be a white woman who listens and who can support and who can provide love and compassion for people who have experienced racism or who, who do feel like it's, it's impacting their lives and it has impacted their lives. I was talking to my girlfriends the other day and um, I, I have, I'm blessed to have many girlfriends who are black and they are very kind to me. And the fact that I think if I say something that is not perceived as very, um, like politically correct, or even like maybe very um, short-sighted or very like, what's another word for it? Like unknowing, like oblivious or naive. If I say something, they'll like lovingly explain it to me and like be very kind with me and very patient with me. And it really made me realize that like, wow, like I need to talk to them more and really start to um, go deeper in these conversations because I'm just touching the surface of what they're experiencing and how their lives are impacted, especially in business, a lot of their business women and how, you know, they've, what they're, what's driving them, what is their motivation, right? And a lot of them grew up in, and not to say that, you know, other people of different colors or ethnicities or in different countries don't experience this, but it's just to say like, just the mindsets, how black women are, and this is what they've told me. And I hope I'm saying it the way that they've explained it to me in the past, but like how black women often are falling into a, they feel that they might fall into a more masculine energy because of the divorce rates, because of the marriage challenges they've experienced in the black communities, how there's a lot of single moms. So the single moms are picking up a lot of masculine energy because they have to be the provider and the nurturer. They can't just be the feminine. They can't lean into their feminine energy because they're, they're feeling very afraid, very scarce, very um, they're in survival mode. And so being, you know, being in that kind of dynamic, that all of that, you can trickle it down into how it all happened, you know, from slavery to drugs and into our cities from politicians. That was, you know, all the the controversy and the scams and the, the terrible things that have happened in these communities, how they're not funded, how they're not supported um, and how that trickles into business for them. And it's interesting to see them connect the dots. And um, it made me realize that, you know, as a white woman, I am not I'm never going to have the insights of a, that a black coach would have for these women. Right. So like as a, as a coach, as a spiritual coach, I cannot pretend to be able to help them with some of their experiences, or I can have compassion and I can have, um, love and, uh, show them, you know, how it's not their fault, but I cannot understand at their level that, and they might seek somebody, a different coach because of that. And that I have to be okay with that. You know, that's fine. 
just the core thing. I don't even consider it a race thing. I consider it like I get the racial discrimination, sure. But when it comes to isn't it just about understanding a person's position and the parts that they grew up in? You know, I, I think we base it off of uh, skin color, which for some people, I can understand if that's how they want to relate it to. But I understand it as people. I mean, I think we all try and strive to be the people who care about other people, at least p- individuals like me and you for sure. But, you know, a lot of people are just worrying about themselves on the concept of that's all they can worry about. And I think that is also a core part to it, too. There are two types of people in the world. There are people that won't leave them. There are people that want to be left the fuck alone and people that won't leave them the fuck alone. You could tr- switch off the race thing and go over to vax and anti-vax. Why are there people saying that these people need to burn in hell because they're killing everybody's grandma because of the fact they're not vaccinated? Or maybe if they look from their perspective, they start to see that there's a lot of issues that CDC has on the website talking about vaccine complications. They don't think it's ready yet. Or maybe they're trying to have a child. I have people that message me saying they're pregnant. They're afraid to get the vaccine because of it. Might This is their eighth time trying. They've had many miscarriages. And I look at like... Can we aren't we just trying to understand as people? Why don't we just if we want to really create conflict, we should try to find the conflict in between ourselves that are holding us back from the things that we're not happy with in our own life. You know, there's a lot that goes on in this world that wants to be on the basis of it's because of this or it's because of that. I'm not worried about that stuff. I'm worried about the concept of maybe we should be trying to figure out in between our own heads that we can try the best of our abilities to not have hate in our hearts, have love in our minds when it comes to the concept of just caring for people as people, seeing them as people, seeing this as an individual. When I see a human life get lost, I don't care about the person's race. I don't care about the person's whatever, what job they have, if they're poor, if they're rich. I care that a human life is now gone. Imagine being a parent and raising a 30-year-old kid and then losing that kid. That's 30 years gone off this earth like it's nothing. We're all specks in the grand scheme of things. But if we can't get down off the core principle of a life is a life and we want to take it to something else, I start to look at it like, what, 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 why is there a death tax? That's the big issues that we're not focusing on. We're focusing on a government that's going to easily divide us between vaccines and anti-vax rather than focus on the core principles that there's a lot of shit that should be fixed, structural issues. Why is there a death tax? Why is it so hard that the IRS wants to chase down a person for $10 because they can't, they don't have enough money to go after people with billions of dollars? You know, it's very, very tricky. When you get success, it seems like it's easier for you. But when you're poor, it's harder for you. Shouldn't it be the other way around? The poorer you are, it should be easier for you to survive on the concept of we should care more about the people that are living in such low poverty. I mean, this is kind of my issues where I start to think of is like there's a lot of shit that's like backwards a little bit. But apparently the more money you have, it's just easier for you to get more money rather than it should be. I don't know. poor person, it's going to be harder for them to get money. That's going to be even harder the poorer you are. When I look at like, shouldn't it be easier because you have no money? Should be easy to make money. You know, it should be easy for you to be like, well, I got $10. I just got richer, but it's for a person with a billion dollars. It's like, well, I have a billion dollars and I just got a hundred dollars. That's not enough. Got to make it harder. Got to make it, got to get more. Got to have a couple more billion. I'm not making enough. I got to have 10 billion, a hundred billion, 200 billion. I'm like, that poor person just made $10. That's already successful. But now we're going to take the $10 away from them and then charge them another five on top of that. It's just like, we're not letting the system help the poor people or help people like myself that aren't doing as well money-wise. I don't live in a mansion. I don't live in all this stuff, but it's easy for the people that live in mansions. See what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think that, yeah, it's interesting. And I love working on money manifestation and um, how that works and how people can manifest money like in really weird ways. 
you know, and I, in my Facebook group, um, it was fun. I did a, a, a free meditation in my Facebook group and I called it liquid gold. And it was this meditation where you literally sat for 10 minutes and we tapped into frequency and energy. Um, the 35 days after that one meditation, $1.7 million was manifested between about 250 people from that one meditation. I didn't coach them. I didn't say anything to them. I didn't tell them what to do. I didn't tell them like, Oh, for your business, do this and this and this. I literally did a 10 minute meditation and some people did it multiple times. Some people did it once and their wins were like, Hey, a stock that hasn't been performing in two years, all of a sudden grew by $20,000 overnight. Or, Hey, like I booked a $10,000 paid in full client or, Hey, like I experienced uh, my parents gifted me $9,000 to send my kids to preschool. So literally like these things were happening after this meditation. And it really opened my eyes to the idea that, okay, this works, obviously. Why does it work? I was so, so intrigued by why this worked. I was like, really? Like it was, it almost felt like I had witnessed a miracle. Um, that's how it felt because it was like, Every day, somebody was getting these crazy wins, thousands of dollars and messaging me and crediting the meditation for helping them manifest this money out of literally thin air. Because a lot of it wasn't even due to work. It was like, it was almost like it landed in their lap. Um, And so it was interesting. And it really opened my eyes to seeing that a lot of why we're experiencing the money challenges we experience is because of our frequency and our belief in the support of the universe. And we're kind of recreating the struggle subconsciously. It's a lot of it's subconscious. A lot of it's not conscious because um, it's almost like these background beliefs that we have about money, that money is hard to make, that money is not abundant, that there's not enough money, that um, I am not paid enough for what I do, that money is um, the root of all evil, right? These beliefs, we push money away. And so energetically, we can correct some of that energy that's pushing it away and start to magnetize it by adopting um, a new frequency, by um, believing, by having faith, by trusting. And it sounds woo-woo as shit, but I would, and I wouldn't be here today if that hadn't have happened, right? So it's like, I wouldn't be saying this if I haven't witnessed it firsthand with hundreds of people, that literally your beliefs is really the thing that's underlying your own abundance that's underlying your own ability to have money drop into your lap um and not to say that it's easy to stay in that space not to say that it's simple and i'm not saying that it's like works every single time but i do um once i was shown that i was like holy crap okay this is what we've got to be doing as a civilization because i really do believe good people deserve to have money that people who have big missions on their hearts deserve and are worthy of having a lot of money right now. What's happened in a lot of societies, people who don't have great intentions, who don't have very powerful missions, who are literally in it for their own greed are having a lot of money and a lot of spiritual people, a lot of happy, um, a lot of loving people believe that being in the not having a lot of money is what actually makes them loving or makes them good. Cause they have this huge like resistance to having money because they really, some of them believe that money is evil. So yeah, it's an interesting paradigm, I believe. Um, but I've, I love helping people with that, those issues. I've talked to plenty of people and I've come across some, some Karens for sure. But I look at them like, I don't think anybody's really inherently bad. I think everyone's perspective gets muddied or something happens along the way where they end up tacking on something that's filled into the wrong slot. I think everyone 
cares about each other. I just think the lack of empathy gets lost. You know, we replace empathy with sympathy. You know, we would rather feel sorry for someone that's gone through a whole lot rather than just be there and listen. You know, it's not anybody's job to do so. I get it. If you're more worried about yourself, you don't really care what this person's going through. I understand that. I'm not going to, nobody's at fault for saying that you might think that way. It's hard to live. So you got to worry about yourself at times. But I think it's a concept of, a lot of things get thrown into our heads that aren't necessarily the beliefs of the things that we do. I mean, when you're born, there's no racism that's born inside of you. It gets developed. Something gets tacked on or something gets put in where your perspective starts to change. There's a whole bunch of stuff when it comes to conspiracies of flat earth or talk to one of those people. They think that the earth is flat. They have a good perspective of why it is. It's because everything that they filtered out the story they've created in their head. I think the whole point of understanding comes down to the understanding of someone else's perspective. You can say, I will never be able to understand that perspective because of this or because of that, but you can damn sure try. And I think coming from a human empathetic point, you can try and understand of what that is. I think everyone has a goal in their mind of never wanting to struggle and never have to worry about trying to survive or being able to help the people that they care about. I think when you can truly put that up onto your bracket and find that core because we like to focus in on the similarities i like to focus in on the differences what are what's different the different stuff is what's going to bring us together the different stuff that everyone wants to choose is like i can't associate with you because you think this way or this way what what who told you that well this is just because we're going to get to an argument well who said it has to go into an argument well every time i get into a disagreement it's like this is because well did you let it turn into an argument or did you talk out the differences and try and understand the other person's rationale from their perspective nobody does that everyone thinks about how they think and they don't want to they get into someone that thinks differently it's like going into a rock that won't budge well i guess i gotta go around it okay well let's focus in on the differences because they can probably unite us more than the fact of how similar we are how much you get into a conversation sports talk oh you're a ravens fan i'm a ravens fan too and anytime you meet that person that one conversation you had 10 years ago about the Ravens, every time you meet them, you got to talk about the Ravens because you don't know if the relationship can go outside of there because you haven't talked about anything to find a core commonality. Well, where are you from? From Kentucky. Oh, I'm from Maryland. Let's have a conversation and talk about the different places that we've lived in. Your differences can unite you more than you think, but everyone wants to focus in on the similarities. And sadly, I think that that rope is shorter than the different one. I think the differences is what makes us all unique as people. We're all like individual snowflakes, right? We're all these specks of amazing wisdom and amazing energy. Well, let's understand that. Why are we so uniquely different? Let's look at all of our differences and find a way to unite those together because they will unite us more than the fact of our similarities. Because yeah, that we need, straw is very short. We need differences in order to to like create the society we want. And it, it, it's fun to see different differences, right? It's fun to have, life would be so boring. Otherwise, if we all agreed and we all believe the same things, it's like, life would be so boring. I just, I find it like, you know, and interesting how I love learning about people. And I think you're a people person too. You know, we love people. We love learning about them. And that's a characteristic. It's a gift. Not everybody feels that way. Not everybody, I feel like has this innate desire to learn about somebody um, on a deep level because they're too like wrapped up in their own stuff. And maybe they do have that desire. They just aren't even aware that there's that desire there because they're so like, in their own head and their own stories. Right. And so I think like, that's one of your gifts is like, you are able to have conversations without feeling, um, a ton of defensiveness or without getting 
angry or without getting um i get angry when it comes to the government that's what gets me i can't control that that seems like the bigger core issue of all everything. Like everyone wants to focus on, well, this person's this or this. I'm like, I don't even see that. I see the fact that we're in a system that's basically set to keep you doing nothing but feeding into the machine. And you're just a number. It's like working at Walmart. You're just a number. They don't care about you as people. Like, that's what I don't like is the fact that the empathy has gone. Cause that I consider is like a psychic ability or something. I think everyone has that at a very low frequency and some people are more in tune with the empath abilities than other people. But it's also like, I feel like your brain tries to give you that last shove, like your gallbladder. Eventually we don't need that anymore. It's like, Hey, either you're going to use it or you're going to lose it. And that's kind of what's happening is like, it's coming all in for some people to like, Hey, this is here. Don't forget about this. Do we need it? Or can I, chalk this out and then put a room for birds or bird watching or something, you know, you use it or you lose it. And sadly, everyone's too built up into focusing on some other things of just going to work, getting a paycheck to make sure they never have to worry about losing their home rather than focusing on the things that they want. I mean, I've talked about so long, how many entrepreneurs started during the pandemic because you have to sit at home get paid and I have to worry about bills coming in unless, you know, you have to worry about trying to get money. But when you were getting a little bit of money from working from home, you were like, man, I got so much free time. I could actually, I've been doing this for 30 years. Well, I can start this business that I've always wanted to do. That's what it should be easier for you to be able to do the things that you want to do, the goals that you want to accomplish in your life. So you're not regretting all the mistakes or all the things that you have missed out on the opportunities, but everything keeps you in a system running on a routine running on this program that that's why I look at like the biggest issue in my mind. is not the fact of who you are or what side or political side you're on. My issue is the fact that it's not easy for you to be able to make anything into this world because you're set up into a system that's going to keep you funneling money into it and making sure you never have any. Yeah, I think there's definitely a truth to that. I do believe also we're living in a time that's much better than most previous decades slash centuries. They used to have to break up (laughs) kidney stones with a needle. Right. So we're living in an age where it's much better than it used to be. I think our souls picked a really good time to incarnate because I think that we're very blessed with the resources we have, with the medicine we have, with the comfort that we have. Um, I do believe, like I've heard somebody say, like the souls that have chosen this time are very like evolved overall because it's a good time to be alive. Like we we're pretty high level as souls. Like <laughs> we uh, we're pretty aware and with it because we picked a pretty good time. We couldn't have picked the medieval times and we didn't. So I think that, you know, putting it into that perspective of like, you know, it's never going to be perfect because humans are flawed. Humans are inherently flawed. We didn't come here to be perfect. Um, there's no way we can achieve perfection while we're human. It's just not a part of our makeup. And so everything we create is going to be imperfect it's because we're inherently imperfect. And so it's just a matter of like, how do I react to um, the the inequalities, the inequities, the the struggles, the the healthcare system, the economy, how am I going to react to this? Am I going to be, am I going to give my power away by playing into the illusion that this is a, um, you know, that my money is like 
going to be taken from me and I'm not going to have any comfort or am I going to choose to live in a state where I know I'm supported and I know that I'm taken care of and that I know that I'll be okay. And it's interesting because it's always like, people are like, well, I lost my job or I'm not doing well in my business and I'm worried about the next paycheck coming in and I just feel so much anxiety. And somebody said to them, when was a time that you you didn't have any money, that you never had any money, that you weren't taken care of, that you weren't provided for. And most people will say, like never, not in America at least, most people will say, you know, there was never a time that I didn't have the money to, to survive. I'm obviously alive now, so I survived whatever happened to me. And it's like, we need to really, if that's a pretty, it's not the best vibrational state to like lean from because it's still pretty low but I mean that's that's just the truth of it that's just the truth of it that we are I believe we are supported that I believe that we do have the capacity to create something that's beautiful that is a life that we love it's just a matter of like addressing your own bullshit that's stopping you from pursuing it because you believe that you're not worthy of it or it's not going to happen or it's not you're not good enough at this or you're not um you're not given enough support in this realm. You don't have enough money. So like why even start it, right? So we just have to really address our own stories that we're falling into and be like, how can I rise above the story? How can I shift it so I can actually achieve what I'd like to achieve? How can you be a human being? Yeah. <laughs> That's like the biggest question. Probably a lot of people don't really know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. I think it's You just are being a human being. <laughs> doing the best you possibly can without hurting anybody around you. I think yes. that's my whole scenario here is just making sure I'm not doing anything that's fucking up somebody else's life because that's the worst possible thing. When you can truly hold yourself at a lower regard than other people, you know, a, a sinking ship or was it rising ship I don't even know the phrase. Damn Rising it, tide on. raises all ships. Or all ships. You, yes, yeah. sure. Let's go with that. Um, but like if I had a billion dollars, you would ask me when I was 15, back to the kind of the beginning of what we're saying. If, if I had a billion dollars, I would have said, I want to make sure my life's easy as hell. Now it's like all the people that I've met, all the people that seem like they missed out an opportunity on whatever you would call destiny, the people that should be getting more attention than what they do. I'd be helping them out on a concept of they have people, there are things that you can invest in. They're people that you should be investing in. If people invested more time into other people, not say you got to worry your whole life about them, but the, an opportunity, a shot. How many businesses run on the fact of what your education is? If you don't have a master's degree, you're not working here. If you don't have the credentials that I like, you're not working here. What about someone that's passionate about the project who in their free time is going to pursue that exact thing they're off studying doing in that exact career path because that's what they care about if i was the owner of a ceo i wouldn't be hiring the person with the most experience who doesn't give a shit about their job because they know they can get a job anywhere I'd be hiring the person that's happy for the opportunity and loves what they're doing people that actually wouldn't mind coming into work that are going to be doing all the studying or whatever in their off hours when they're not on schedule because they actually care about what they're doing and providing with you know we have people like PETA that this are the best people, I would say, that they, they say, emphasis on they say, that they're here to help animals in all these industrial farmings. Their biggest thing was banning animal slurs. You can't say beat a dead horse. It's feed a fed horse. That's their whole movement of what they would consider change is just making sure you aren't using animal slurs, which is just saying words like that. And I go, and all the industry farming, 
all the type of stuff where animals are shoved into a cage, like monkeys, for instance, in small cages to stop their bones from growing to full density. That's what you consider is the main thing to do. Well, yeah, we also, in 2013, got animals on the animal crackers out from behind bars. There's no more bars on the animal crackers. I'm like interesting shit that's like <laughs> that's your priority and you start to realize like what do you what would you consider a priority is getting a priority getting a new car or is a priority just making sure that you're not counting the inevitable days until you're resting into a grave see that's how my brain works you weren't expecting this in a conversation <laughs> well i mean i have these types of conversations a lot i think it's you know and it's good it's it's just my question is for you. Oh, oh God. I have a question for you now. So mm -hmm. my seat. All mm -hmm. right, what's up? Okay. So do you feel like energetically, like I know that, you know, I, you have many passions, right? So you have a lot of passions about um, government and all these, these issues, right? Which is good. We need passionate people. Do you ever feel like it's a burden? Oh yeah, my hair's going white. I mean, you can tell that's yeah, yeah. Definitely stressed to shit, but I think recently, um, I just decided, what am I gonna do? Like now, with everything that happens, I'm like, okay, I don't really I'm stop, gonna stop investing into so much about it. And I know that's like, well, that's how change stops. It's like, best I can do is to make sure that I can wake up out of bed and not hate what I'm doing with my life which at times like i said it's you get in that tunnel sometimes it's hard to see when the light's going to come but i know plenty of people who are i my podcast has saved a person's life he found out he had diabetes on it i'm like that's more than i would have ever projected this thing doing you know right. we get so wrapped up into a lot of these issues where it becomes overwhelming i've given myself a panic attack in my driveway where i've just laid down and my neighbor's like you okay i'm like i don't know my heart's yeah. beating in my ears but you got to do the best you possibly can. And at right now, I feel like I'm trying to do what I possibly can when it comes to just working in my community and working around me and making sure I'm not leaving a horrible path of destruction for the next person who's going to be following in the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is a big, it, it feels like a burden. I know, I know the feeling it's like, I feel like I, I need to do something in order to, to affect change. And I think for me, having a business, like for you, having the podcast is a way for us to show up the way we want to see change, right? The way we would like um, the world to shift. And so in doing that, it almost alleviates some of the anger we feel, right? I always, um, somebody said to me once, they're like, you, if you feel angry, it's because you really feel like you're not doing anything to support that issue. Once you start stepping up and supporting that issue, your anger actually starts to go away. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way until I started doing a business where I was addressing one of the core issues, which was with people with disabilities and I was, um, and how they're not given resources that they need. And so I was, that was my first business was all about that. And I started to feel a lot less cynical and a lot less angry actually, because I started to feel like I was actually doing something to support them and doing something to help them. And in doing that, a lot of my anger tended to dissipate. 
So I do encourage people who have like a lot of anger about a certain topic or a certain thing, like how can you feel like you're stepping in the right direction and supporting that and doing something for that? Cause that's what you're here to do. You know, whatever we're passionate about, that's the light we need to follow. And we need to like, start to really think of, you know, ways we can make a positive change, whatever that looks like. And nothing is too small in my opinion. Um, for some people, like their positive change might just be raising kids that are really amazing. Right. And some, for some people, their positive change might be creating a nonprofit for some people, their positive change might be, um, do building a business that they love. That's starting a positive cult. Right. Exactly. Starting a positive. (laughs) What I'm hoping I've done with this podcast is a bunch of people out there, like out of the blank podcast and they're like in robes, but none of the sacrificial stuff. I want people to be like, do whatever you want to do when it comes to being a good human being. Like if you want to get a job and a, as a, at a, at a law firm, go ahead. I don't care, but you know, don't destroy. I don't want people to destroy things around them. People are going to do whatever they want to do. I can't stop them from doing that. It's anything that's the best part of ability of free will. But I don't want people to feel like they've been robbed from anything when it comes to a passion in their life or something that they feel like they wanted to do. It just got put on hold. I think you should try and focus in on what those are. If that comes from what I want to do is trying to learn as much as possible, create a show where I'm learning as much as possible. You get to step into my brain of ADHD see the topics I talk about or the things I want to talk about and only expand my own intelligence, much like a parasite on a fish that eats like the other things that hook on, just grab stealing a little bit of information, but it's fun. I like to learn and I like to pick people's brains and see where they go because you end up learning something. Every day you learn something. When you step out of your house, you learn it's going to be sunny out or it's going to be rainy out or it's going to be whatever, but every day is an experience And if you feel like you're not making change, the fact that you just got out of bed is already a win in my book. Yeah. Yeah. 